Coming up on today's episode of the Hey Girlfriend Podcast. Something I've realized is that sometimes, you know, girlfriends, we can become so focused on what we need and what our traumas are that we don't realize we're only concerned with getting our needs met and not being an actual partner. Instead of me expressing to him what I needed, I would resort to crying, pouting, being passive-aggressive, like I would be, you know, just silent, stonewalling him, just mad, or just crying, just all of that. And I'll never forget one time, I don't remember what it was that was going on, but I remember he was like, I'm just trying to be a good man to you. And that kind of snapped me into reality. And I'm tearing up because I guess I really did really kind of, um, I guess that's some wounding. I don't know what that is. But I guess because you know what? I really do love him. And I hate it that I made him feel that way. I hate that I made him feel like an ex made me feel. I don't want to, I didn't want to be the toxic one, you know? Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? When you're going through something, sometimes it helps to know that there is someone out there that understands you and what you're actually going through. It makes the healing journey a little easier. The creator of the I've Been That Girl social media community that currently has a growing number of followers and dearly known as girlfriends brings to you the Hey Girlfriend podcast. Tune in every Thursday to hear conversations that are honest, vulnerable, empathetic, and relatable. Hosted by author and mindset and intuitive coach Kendall D. These conversations are sure to empower you with more clarity and understanding about your own healing journey. Every episode will include Kendall sharing intimate parts of her personal healing journey, from surviving toxic relationships to healing trauma to unlearning old conditioning and thinking patterns. Consider yourself now having a friend by your side that just gets you. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome back to the Hey Girlfriend podcast. So today's topic is going to be on how sometimes we're the problem. Now, it may be triggering for some, but I don't feel like it would be. I mean, because I've never really talked about how we're the problem. I have a little bit on my Instagram, but y'all know every time I do stuff like this or where we hold ourselves accountable, I'm always very empathetic with it, either way it goes. So it may or may not be triggering, but I'm going to make this empathetic as always because, yeah, that's just how I get down. I don't really do the tough love or, you know, talking harshly to us. That's just not me, you know. And if you've been an avid listener of me or if you've been following me for some time, you know that. So today there's no video. Um, I want to jump into there just really quick. I won't be long on this. But y'all, I'm in a funk and I just didn't feel like doing a video this week. I said I was going to try every week to do a video, podcast video. I know I'm definitely going to do my podcast every Thursday like I promised myself and to my viewers and listeners. But Today, I'm in my bonnet, looking a hot mess, didn't feel like doing no makeup, and I know I got to cook later. For me, I don't know if, well, if y'all listen to the self-sabotaging episode, which is really good, um, and I'm not just saying it because I did it, but it was really eye-opening for me and a lot of my listeners and watchers, but um, yeah, I was saying how I have ADHD, and it's like trying to decide what's self-sabotage and what's my ADHD. And it's a little of both. So this week, I've just been really down. I've been in a funk. I was upset I couldn't go out with my girlfriends this past weekend. Well, it was actually just two of them going out. But I have a group of girlfriends. And I wanted to go so bad, but money was tight. And I'm so tired of money being tight. I'm so sick of it. Because I've worked so hard on my brand. And my husband works so hard at his job. But I'm not going to get on to that because I'm about to cry just thinking about it. Because that's what's been, <laughs> that's why I'm in a funk. And I want to take this opportunity before I get into the meat of the episode to let you all know 
that if you are in a funk and you don't feel like doing anything or you find yourself, you know, not doing the things you usually love or the things you need to do or you falling off track from, you know, your routine, whatever it may be, allow yourself to rest. Allow yourself to be in the funk. Allow yourself to be in them feelings, child. Like, please do. I'm allowing myself to be in my feelings. I know it won't last for long. And I'm not going to beat myself up for it because I know it's for a reason. I know I'm feeling this way for a reason. I know what's been going on. It's deeper than just not being able to be out with my friends and money being tight. It's just it's just deeper than that. And I don't want to get too much into that on this episode because this is not what that's about. And I know with my ADHD ass, I've been sitting here and had a whole 20 minutes talking about that. So we're not going to get deeper into it. Just know that every now and then I won't do a video. Y'all forgive me. But I know I have people on YouTube that would rather, you know, that see stuff on YouTube. And I'm and I've monetized on there now. Finally. Woo! Y'all, it's so hard to get monetized on YouTube. Not so hard. It's a long road. It's a process. So I'm gonna keep it up. And I know I have people on YouTube that may not follow me elsewhere. So, you know, hey, I'm gonna still post it on YouTube and I'm still doing my podcast every Thursday and I'm proud of myself for that even if I have my little funky mood like I'm in right now and I don't feel like doing my hair and makeup if just for this like I just I don't even feel like being on camera <laughs> I don't feel like it this week so I may be up and down with it, especially my ADHD ass so y'all forgive me but this topic today I am looking forward to it because as y'all know, with each episode, I always give my own personal account updates. I speak from a place of me personally going through it. I don't like to be the type to be like, you need to do this and you this, you this. No, it's we, sis. It's we. Because I've been that girl too. Seriously, that's what my whole platform is about. Me saying I've been that girl. Let's relate. Let's heal. So... I'm a little excited about this story, and I'm not even afraid of people judging me for it because sometimes we're the problem, you know? And I want to say this disclaimer before I move too far ahead is that this is healing within a relationship if it's a healthy one. Now, if this is if you're if you believe you're in a toxic relationship, this is not for you. Because in a toxic relationship, it's usually the other person is the problem, the main problem. And the problem you have is that you really don't know how to pick a partner that's healthy for you. And so you're trying to basically, what's the word I'm looking for? You're trying to basically adapt to how they are and their behaviors, which can in turn make you toxic, which in turn can make you have reactive abuse where you're reacting to the abuse that's been inflicted upon you. So this is different because I don't want anyone getting on here thinking that they're the problem in a toxic relationship. It's usually, usually the two of you together making it toxic and not so much just one person. It usually is the person that we're in a relationship with. Like for my heterosexual women that date men, yes, it typically is the man that's the problem. And our only problem is trying to deal with that shit. And when you're in a toxic relationship, which I've been in toxic relationships, two of them, um, back to back. And they were years long, not something quick. They were like, the first one was like four or five years. Second one was like the same amount of time, you know, all my, basically all of my twenties was in a toxic relationship. Basically all of it, even toxic dating patterns. It was just all toxic. And when you're in a toxic relationship, you're typically focused on the other person doing right. You're typically focused on what their problem is and them changing for you. You're typically focused on how they need to be better, how they need to show up in a relationship. And you're fighting with them to change for you, to love you, to act right. That's typically what that is, entails. So, yes, in an environment like that, you're typically not the problem and the lens is not focused on you and what you need to fix within because there's definitely some things within even in the toxic relationship that you need to work on but unfortunately you don't find that out until after you get out of the relationship and once you get out you still don't even really know what you need to work on you know 
but hopefully this will help you because I'm going to get into some deep shit as always. And I'm going to talk about what you need to heal within and what you can heal within a relationship because there is a difference. And I want you all to know it's very important. But first, I want to get into my personal story and my journey with me realizing that I am the problem and and working on my problems within my healthy relationship, which is, you know, the one I have with my husband. This is my first healthy relationship and only healthy relationship I've ever had. So here goes my story. So in the beginning, when I met um, my husband, I had already done like the healing from knowing that, you know, I had standards. I knew my boundaries. I knew how to implement them. My self-esteem was a little bit higher. I knew what I wanted. I knew when I was being played. I knew when to move on. I wasn't afraid of moving on from a guy. I wasn't afraid of, you know, keeping a guy like just exclusively for text only or telling him it's not going to work out. You know, I had got past all because I like, I'm not going to go through another toxic relationship. I've learned after two times being hurt really bad, I knew what I was and wasn't going to tolerate anymore. I didn't quite know how to date, but that is another story. But so I met him and I remember I wasn't even thinking I was going to fall for him. That's how it always happens. That's another story too. And I've actually talked a little bit about that. But y'all, I didn't realize the problems that came up for me until like uh, maybe it was all of this. All of this was within the first year or two, mainly the first year. But them first two years, though, y'all, whoo! I don't want to say it was hard. It was, man. I don't know. It was kind of hard. And looking back, I'm just like, damn, that was kind of not, it wasn't toxic, but it was on the way to, it could have easily turned into that. But so I remember in the beginning of us meeting, I didn't really know how to um, say what I needed. And in the, in the short, instead of me expressing to him what I needed, I would resort to crying, pouting, being passive-aggressive. Like, I would be, you know, just silent, stonewalling him, just mad, or just crying, just all of that. And it used to make him so upset and so confused because he he didn't know what was going on with me. And I'll never forget one time, I don't remember what it was that was going on, but I remember he was like, I'm just trying to be a good man to you. And that kind of snapped me into reality. Because I knew he was a good man all along. He was never toxic, never gave off any toxic tendencies. Um, we moved into a relationship like after a month. He was never love bombing me. It was never anything like that. I knew that. I knew he was a good guy. But I still had things within that I didn't know how to work on because like I said in the be- in a moment ago, in the beginning of this um, show, I was in toxic relationships where it was only always focused on them. It was never focused on what I needed to heal with them. But this healthy relationship brought that shit up to the surface, like for real deal. And I just want anyone to know listening that if you've never been in a healthy relationship or you're trying to move into a healthy relationship and you know that that all your others been toxic, it's going to be some things to iron out, but you can get through it. As long as you have a partner that's willing to hold space for you and you're willing to work on yourself and be self-aware and realize what you're doing. So with him saying that, like, I'm just trying to be a good man to you, that was like, that I, I remember the healing didn't come right away, but that was like my wake up call. And I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now that I, you know, had that fight or flight response, meaning that that's on top of me not being able to express my needs because anytime I've ever expressed it before, 
in my past relationships, it was met with met with gaslighting, being talked about, being called a nag, being, you know, called, you know, it was just met with a lot of disdain. It was never met with, okay, sure, babe. It was, no, hell no. And even in my um, youth growing up in my household, I could never speak up for what was wrong, what I needed, or I couldn't even really cry because I was called a crybaby, all of that. So can you imagine that none of that was ever really healed? And so that wasn't healed until I got into the healthy relationship and it was brought to the surface and I realized it was a problem. So that's how I say sometimes we are the problem. We just have never been met with ourselves to realize that. We've always been all about trying to focus on someone else's healing, focus on someone else's wrongs, focus on fixing someone else instead of ourselves. And a lot of people like to say, you know, we get in these relationships, the toxic relationships, because we don't want to focus on our healing. We don't know there's any healing to focus on. I've just, every time I see that, I'm just like, that's not what it is. It's not like we are trying to escape what we need to heal. It's not like we're trying to, you know, just, out of, you know, it's not like we woke up one day and said, oh, I want to be in a toxic relationship because I don't want to heal myself. I don't want to work on myself. We didn't know we had anything to work on. That's that's usually what it is every single time. So I don't I don't I've never really gotten that. I usually see it on a lot of therapist pages. And I don't know if these therapists I don't know any guy in particular. I'm just saying I've seen it on therapy pages. I'm not calling out anybody, any therapist, nothing like that. But I don't know, it's because they've never really been through anything, but they just want to work with people that have. So maybe that's what they say because that's what it seems like. But no. I'm from for me and the women I've coached, it's never that we didn't it's never that we decided to do this because we wanted to escape our own healing. Now once we realize we need to heal and work on these things and then we start jumping into the same type of things, then yeah, maybe so. But no. That's not my story here. So but yeah, within that relationship in the beginning and how I did the work, you know what? I don't know to be exact, but I will tell you this. Him calling, he didn't call out my behaviors. He probably didn't really understand what was going on. I really didn't. But when he said, I'm trying to be a good man to you, that's all. That's when I started to take a deep dive and see what is going on. What can I do differently? I'm always been that type to be really introspective and be really, you know, working on my own healing and working on development. And I think it's because I am a Pisces, but I think it's because it's my Gemini moon. Um, I've read somewhere that they're, they are always really focused on working on themselves and figuring out the why. And that's me. It could be a little mixture of both Pisces and Gemini moon, but yeah. So anyway, though, I was like, I have this good man here who wants to be a good man to me. And he seemingly wants to know what's going on with me. He asked me, you know, how can he be there for me? So why don't I just open my mouth and tell him and try him out? And so I started doing that. I started slowly being able to say, you know what? This is what's wrong. Instead of crying. Now, I'll admit, sometimes I still cry when I talk about things. And I let him know that I'm not crying because you're hurting me. I'm crying because I'm a passionate speaker. I'm crying because I'm passionate about what I'm saying. I'm not crying because necessarily my feelings are hurt. Although sometimes they were hurt. But I've learned to just, you know, hold it within and talk to him. Not hold it within, I mean. But um, talk to him. And not hold it within is what I'm trying to say. And it's slowly as I started to do that, I realized, okay, I can say what I need. And now, fast forward to now, I'm realizing that, you know, he is the first person that I'm able, that he's the one that taught me to speak up for my needs. I mean, I did it myself and he never really knew what was going on or what was wrong. But I'm saying being in this relationship, I guess I would say, taught me to that I can speak up, that not everyone in the world is like my toxic exes or my you know, parents are doing my upbringing. Not everyone is like that. You have a right to speak up for your needs. And so I started doing that instead of being passive aggressive, instead of being so pouty and crying and wanting to throw a fight, 
And I remember sometimes I would even act like I wanted to leave him. You know, there was that fight or flight mode. And I was like, that's toxic. I got to stop that. And I did. And yeah, it made just a deep breath. It made things so much smoother. I mean, granted, there were still some other things that had to be worked on, but that made things smoother because for a long time, especially during the 20s when I was dating them toxic people, I had an anxious attachment. But I realized now that it was really the people that I was dating, the men that I was dating. And now that I'm in this healthy relationship, I was, I've always been securely attached. So that's that as well. And I realized that I needed a secure partner that I could securely attach to. And another thing I had to work on um, in this relationship that, you know, in the beginning that was kind of tough was I like quality time, a lot of it. And this one is kind of tough for me to admit. <laughs> oh, this one is tough for me to admit, but I want to say it. I, like, wanted all of his time. All of it. And I don't want to say all of it because I understood to some degree, you know, that I couldn't see him all the time. Because in the beginning, we didn't live together. We didn't move in together until after a year or so. Maybe a year and a half or so. It was like a year. And I remember I just, like, I would get upset if he was going out with friends or if he was out longer than he said he was going to be. And it wasn't an insecure thing. I, it seemed like it would be, but it wasn't because I thought he was cheating. I never really thought that about him or I wouldn't have been with him if I thought he was a type that I couldn't trust. I trusted that he wasn't cheating, but I don't know, y'all. It was just something about him not being around me that just drove me up a wall and i don't know why i'm about to tear up that's me y'all y'all know i tear up on almost every damn podcast but <laughs> i guess because i hate to admit this because it sounds it sounds weak of me and i'm never the type to even name myself that for feelings i've felt before but yeah and I guess it's because growing up, I didn't get a lot of quality time. And I remember, especially not with my dad. My dad was in and out the house a lot, gone for weekends on end for a long time. And looking back now, it was because he was cheating with other women. He he cheated a lot, apparently. Um, he was just always gone. I remember one time he packed up and left without telling no one, and then he came back. It was just was just bad and I didn't get any quality time really with my mom I did a little actually I did somewhat she did do things with us sometimes and take us places I will give her that but maybe it's because my dad didn't really spend quality time with us I think he did in the very beginning but towards the middle and end he didn't and I just really needed a lot of quality time and I hate it hated that I used to cry whenever CJ had to go out with friends or something or he would I don't want to say he would choose them over me I just cannot explain this I'm trying my best to explain it the best way I can but just know that yeah and I felt you know what it is I felt like I was turning to how my ex was the ex from my book Toxic Ex Chronicles John in that book I talked about how Whatever I was trying to go out and do something or anything that had nothing to do with him, but you know, me seeing my friends or me going with friends, it was always met with guilt tripping me or an issue or insecurity, all of that. It was it was like a hassle. And so now here I am in my relationship doing the same damn thing and I felt like such a hypocrite. And I felt so I don't know what the feeling is. I can't name it right now. But, yeah, and I would sometimes cry, kind of throw a fit, 
be texting him with attitude and he and then he'd be like, Well now I'm not gonna have a good time because I know you're mad at me. And it's and it and I hated that. I hated, hated, hated and I made him feel like that. I hated that I was that person. I mean, I'm not now I'm a lot better and I know how to express myself and I'm tearing up because I guess I really that really kinda um that's just some wounding. I don't know what that is. But I guess because you know what? I really do love him. And I hated that I made him feel that way. I hate that I made him feel like an ex made me feel. I don't want to, I didn't want to be the toxic one, you know? But, and with that, I never really talked with him about it, about why I was doing it, because I really didn't understand it. What I instead did was like, I guess I had to, I don't remember really how I healed this part. But I guess I just, I really started finding things to do on my own. You know, I, you know, I started realizing that I can do stuff while he's away doing his thing. I have my own things that I can do. Like, I started working on this brand and things like that. I would go up with my own friends. So I started really pouring into more so myself. Because I'm like, he has every right to have his own life. I want someone that does. But I guess I didn't know how it would feel within a relationship because I never really, I don't know. And now that I'm kind of thinking about it, I think maybe it kind of sent off an alarm in my body because in past, in my last relationship to my last ex, not John, but the one after, the second book I'm working on, um, I guess with him, he was always gone. I never got any quality time with him. And every time I said I wanted to spend time with him, he would not come through with it or he would just, you know, out cheating and doing whatever. I didn't think that, you know, CJ was like that. That's my husband. I didn't think that he was like that. But I don't know. I guess it I guess my body's remembered that trauma and was just like, I don't know. I I'm not going to keep um going on and on about this because I don't really know what this is or what this feeling is. I can't even really pinpoint it, but I knew it was a problem because I didn't like the friction between us whenever he would go out and do things without me. I didn't like that. Y'all, I would even, and I still kind of do, I would even sometimes pout if he went to bed early. It used to make me so irritated because I'm like, I just want you to stay up with me. But he is not that type. He gets sleepy early. He goes to bed early, wakes up early. So our sleep schedules are totally different. And it, it still slightly annoys me because I'm like, if we were out, you'd be up. But I'm like, I've learned to just be like, and yeah, and I learned to just be like, you know, hey, it is what it is. I, I'll be okay. Or I'll get in the bed with him and I'll work from the bed or watch TV from the bed if I want to be around him. And I just don't know what that is. I don't want to even call it clingy because I asked him, does he think I am? He says, no. I don't know what I would call it. I guess I just, that's probably, child, there's still probably some stuff I got to work on doing that. But the bulk of it, I, you know, whenever he goes out or he's going to be late or he's, you know, I, I don't trip anymore. And he's always told me where he's going. So it's not like it was an issue. But it was just like, damn, you spend his time with someone else. I want your time. I wanted all his damn time. But they can't work like that. And I, so I had to kind of like stop with all that. And I, I don't really know how I healed it. I guess I just started realizing that, I don't know, it was toxic and I need to stop. So I just stopped. And maybe because I've gotten more used to him in this relationship. Or maybe because I know that I can, I started realizing that I can ask him for quality time, like, hey, can this be our time? Can it be our time to go do this? Can we do this this weekend? So that's what it was. I started actually speaking up about what I wanted and getting my time. And like, hey, can I have this time? I want to do this with you this weekend. And then afterwards, you know, if he wanted to go with friends, okay, whatever. But that's, that's one of the things I forgot that I started doing. But that's also me working on speaking up for my needs. It's like, girlfriends, we got to realize that when we're, excuse me, I was crying, y'all. <laughs> I guess, girlfriends, we have to realize that when we move into a healthy relationship, it's different now. And it takes us a while in our body and everything to realize that this is a safe space. This is a space where you can speak up for what you need. This is a space where you can be vulnerable. 
This is a space where someone actually cares about you. This is a space where someone is actually making space for you to work on yourself because they care about you and love you as well. And, you know, CJ was has just been so patient with me. Now, I'll admit some of my pouty ways and crying and throwing a fit and having that fight or flight response did cause, you know, some arguments between us. The arguments in the very beginning were not very good arguments. <laughs> and they were not they were not good arguments with no conflict resolution really but uh, we was we were resolving eventually but th those arguments in the beginning really really grew the relationship that's another thing i want to point out while i'm speaking on that is that the difference between arguments in a healthy relationship and a toxic relationship is that it grows a healthy relationship in a toxic relationship it declines and it gets worse and it doesn't get better. And their arguments are still the same about the same thing over and over again. So, yeah. I mean, some of the times when I would bring up stuff to, to his attention, he would admit that, you know, if he was wrong or whatnot. But sometimes it was just my ass. And I had to realize what was going on. And he would, he would, would he call me out? He wouldn't really call me out because I think he didn't really understand what was going on with me. And I was just learning about me, so I, it was my job to do the growth, to fix me. And so, I'm thinking, is there anything else in that relationship, in, in our relationship that I want to speak on that I had a hard time with? I think that's about it, from what I can understand. But now, you know, I love how we resolve conflict. And I hate when he say, you right. Because for one, I feel like, like whenever we have a discussion and I'm saying something, he's be like, you're right. And I, for one, I feel like he's just trying to shut me up and I'll express it to him. Or for two, I feel like I'm not trying to be right. And I tell him that, like, babe, I'm not trying to be right. I'm just trying to make sure that we both understand the solution here. I'm not trying to be right. I don't want to be, oh, I'm right. I'm not fighting to be right. And I make sure I let him know that because when we have discussions, it's always about me and him and the problem now. And I love that we do that. But we had a rocky start. I wouldn't say it was a rocky start to where I felt like I was going to leave. Even though I had that fight or flight response, that was something personally that I had to work on. And I think over time I realized that this is healthy. This is a good space. I don't have to do that. My body started getting used to this. Like, okay, this is something different. We can relax now, you know? And so... Yeah, the conflict resolution is like out of this world. We haven't had a major argument since the beginning of like one or two years. We'll have disagreements, don't get me wrong, and we'll have our, our um things, but it's never like really heated to where we're heated at each other and just loud mouthing each other and going off. No, it's never that. And I remember he even even when we talk, he used to be like, Whoa, hold on, don't raise your voice. He used to tell me not to do that. And that really helped as well for me to be able to just, you know, talk like a damn adult and not like somebody that don't know, something emotionally immature person. So that helped a lot too as well. And I'll even use it on him if I find that he yells. Because sometimes, you know, we get in the funk, we get in our ways, and he'll realize that he's at fault. And if he yells, I say, hey, hold on, we're not yelling. And he'll calm it down. And we can get our point across without doing all that. And even, there's even something, uh, I want to just share this little um, thing that happened between us that I thought was the cutest and made me realize that we're just really in sync with each other. Um, this was actually recently, maybe um, about three, four months ago. It was this year, I know. But he's been having a hard time at work. It's been really tough. Been, yeah, it's just been a lot on him. And I understand that. But he came home one day. I told him on the way home, can he stop and get me some Excedrin? So, you know, the medicine. Um, and so he stopped and got some and came home pulling the garage and I was all happy to see him. Not because he had my surgery, but I was all happy to see him because, you know, I had to greet him when he comes home for work. Me and the dogs. I opened the garage door before he got out. I was like, hey, babe, you know, all happy. And here, oh, I just made, hold up the, hold up the, um, no, wait, 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 wait. I'm getting it mixed up. No, that's a different story. <laughs> I'm getting it mixed up. Rewind, rewind. And like you can hear that. But no. That's actually, you know what? That's another story that I want to tell. That's another one. But yeah, actually, I want to finish with that one. 
Y'all don't mind my ADHD ass. But yeah, so this is a different one. I'm going to tell the other one after this. But this one actually is good too. Just showing you how you can grow in a relationship. But this was recent too. And so he handled the Excedrin. and I was like happy to see him. He was like, here, get this. Like, he didn't meet my enthusiasm. I'm like, what? And he had been kind of coming home feeling kind of like not really happy to see me. But, you know, it wasn't really that he wasn't happy to see me. He was just so consumed with his own stress. And when he's like that, it's it can be hurtful for me. Not, And I know I'm not the cause of it. I know I'm not. And I know not to take it personally, but it's still hard for someone you love to come home and just have this funk all the time. You know, it didn't damn my happiness, but, you know, I wanted us to be okay and close, you know. So, but I understood it was a hard time. He's better now, by the way. But I, he, when he did that, you know, I just, I don't remember how he even went and got the pills. I think I just closed the door and went back in the kitchen cooking. And I started crying because I'm like, here he is again coming home, you know, not happy and not taking it out on me. And I'm trying to be happy and light and it's not working. And this had been going on for quite some time. And I would talk to him about it, but he would just be like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm working. I'm just, he was just really in the funk. It was just, he was going through a really hard time at work. He still is, but I think he's learned how to cut it off when he comes on because we talked about it a little bit more. And he realized what it was, how it was doing me. And I was, you know, I kind of cried to him, not after this, but I was like, you know, I just feel like that you don't be happy to see me. And I'd be happy to see you because I love you. But that, go back to the day and the story I was singing. So I'm in the kitchen cooking and crying. He hadn't came in yet. And I remember thinking to myself, we've already been, we've already married and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, this ain't gonna work. I need to divorce him. This is, this is some bullshit. This is not gonna work. It's not gonna last. It's not gonna work. And I remember just thinking that. And then I stopped myself because I've learned there's some tools from, you know, healing. Um, and I'm like, I got a fight or flight response still. And I'm like, and I, and I slowly, I pouted a little longer to myself, wiped my tears, and I'm like, I'm just going to tell him how I feel and how that made me feel. There we go. And so I went and I told him when he came in, I wasn't crying anymore. And I told him, you know, hey, when you did this or did that, it made me feel like you weren't happy to see me, although I was happy to see you. And it made me feel like you were upsetting me or something. I remember exactly word for word what I said. But I told him that, and he immediately was apologetic, apologetic, and was just like, and, and he was like, well, baby, no, it was because of this and that and that. I can't remember. He had some reason why he did it that way, and it made sense. I remember it making sense, like, oh, okay. And I was, and you know, I just misinterpreted it. It was just like a misunderstanding, and so it's like that made me realize, like, wow, me just doing away with that fight or flight response and just saying how the fuck I feel works and I was instantly better happy we both happy and smiling it's like I love that moment because it's it's proof of our growth and I was like proof of my growth personally like I felt that fight or flight response coming up I was ready to divorce his ass and I'm like really over that but yeah women like us when we've been through some shit y'all we tend to have that fight or flight response and we can work through it, but we have to realize that, you know, if you have a partner, a healthy partner, you can work through it. And the other story I wanted to say, this one, I'll make it a little quicker because I want to get to, to to some more good stuff. But this other story, it really was a evidence of our work that we've done with each other. But he he came on a lunch break because he, he works not too far away. He comes on a lunch break, an hour lunch break. On his lunch break, he came home and... I don't know, he was very distant. This was around the same time when he was having a hard time at work and kind of around the same time of the other story that I just told. And he came home in like a little funk with me. He usually he usually always comes home, no matter when he where he's coming back from, and kisses me on the forehead, lips, kisses me, gets acknowledges me some way. That's our thing. We always do that from day one. When he enters the house, or when I enter the house, whatever, or when we're leaving, we got to kiss 
hugs, saying love you, goodbye, have a good day, whatever it is. We always do that. But during that time when he was really stressed out at work, he wasn't really doing it or he was forgetting it because he was just so consumed with work. And so he came in and on his lunch break and didn't really acknowledge me. He was kind of rude. And I was just like, didn't say anything because I'm like, he on his lunch break. I'm not going to ha have this discussion with him. And he got to go back to work. And, and no, I didn't want to have that discussion. And I have finally learned how to, you know, just hold off and have the talk later. And so I was just like, yeah, he in the funk again because of, of work. And I knew that's what it was, but it's still a little hurtful, but I was able to just suck it up for the time being until he got home. So he left on his lunch break, and I'm like, seems like he's having a hard day. I say, why don't I just try to do something nice for him? It was a Friday. We weren't really supposed to be spending any money during this time. I remember we said we weren't going to really buy too much of extra stuff. But I said, I'm going to spend some extra money to go get some alcohol anyway. So I get went up, went up the street, got some Crown Royal, his favorite apple, the Crown Royal, Royal, ugh, Crown Royal apple, and a Sprite. You know, those those his favorite things to drink. So I went up, the, you know, got that, and was gonna surprise him with it. Tell me why he gets off work. He came. He was a little late. I, you know, was like, why is he a little late? And I'm telling myself, he been up went to the liquor store. He comes in with the same thing happy and smiling like look babe like what you do i sent that brown bag i'm like you got some alcohol in it so yeah i'm i'm sorry i was being a little mean earlier to you i wasn't trying to so this is my way of saying since i was being mean to you here you go and i'm like i did the same thing for you too <laughs> and now i'm happy tears again because i'm like that was the sweetest moment and there's a lot of little moments like that but that just really to me defined our relationship and our growth and I want, that's why I guess I'm sharing this. I want y'all to know that, you know, healthy relationships do grow. If it starts off a little rocky, it's okay. We all are healing. Like we all are. It's always going to be a healing journey. That's why I say you can heal within a relationship. Something I've realized is that sometimes, you know, girlfriends, we can become so focused on what we need and what our traumas are that we don't realize we're only concerned with getting our needs met and not being an actual partner. And it's because when I feel like when you have been traumatized or when you haven't really been faced with what you need to heal within, so you don't really know that there's anything to heal. You just know what you've gone without and you're trying to make the wounds feel better. And so therefore we take it out on our partner. And it's not fair to them. And something I forgot to mention is that the main thing that really, really made me work on myself was because I really love CJ and seeing someone I love actually hurt from what I'm doing or hurt because they feel like they can't love me. Seeing, seeing his hurts and seeing him hurt, hurt me. And it made me go within and realize what do I need to do because it wasn't all the time because, oh, you're hurting me. So it, I realized it wasn't always that. There were a few times where, you know, I discussed like, hey, I don't like how this made me feel or this and that. And he fixed it right away. It was never an argument when it's something that we both, you know, realized it's something he did by and unintentionally. But, yeah, seeing my partner hurt is what made me, you know, realize I need to work on myself. And it's okay to have to work on yourself within a relationship. Like, I want y'all to know, that's the main, main point of this. I want y'all to know that especially if you've been in bad relationships or not the best relationships or even just straight up toxic relationships, that you can still have a healthy relationship and you can and you will heal within a healthy relationship. There's no way around it. Like, there is some healing that you can do before, and the healing I the healing I did before was basically working on what I actually wanted, realizing my worth. I worked on my issues. Um, I made peace with my past toxic relationships, like the relationships that I have been through. I made peace with, you know, how they happened, how they transpired, how they ended. I made peace with it. And I was able to fully let go and not hold 
a bitter place in my heart about the past relationships. Um, and I also, you know, understood a new, I had a new outlook on relationships. I realized that not all relationships last and that they're sometimes just experiences. That's what really helped me to make peace with the past relationships was realizing that like that was, those were just stepping stones and those relationships actually healed me in a way too, because it brought me to myself. It brought me to loving myself more, raising my self-esteem, setting my standards, knowing my worth, and all the good stuff. Like, that's what I healed before. Like, I find that it may be really hard to heal those things within a relationship because I do feel like if you don't really know how to love yourself yet, you can be loved in a relationship. You can be still loved, and you can be still in a healthy relationship. But I feel like that that journey in a healthy relationship can be a little difficult for you. I was just learning how to love myself more, like accept my body and all those things when I met CJ. I was. I was just learning how to do those things. And I will say that him accepting me fully for who I am and making me realize that, okay, he really just actually loves me for me. That allowed me to look at myself differently. And that did help me to heal you know, the rest of my self-love journey, I would say. So I can say that it's like, you just have to know how to pick better more so and how you know how to pick better before this is your healing before a relationship. And when you know how to pick better, it's because that you have a better relationship with yourself. It's because that you learn what your standards are. You've learned what your boundaries are. You've learned what you're going to go for, what you're not. You've learned how to pick better. So once you get that part down pat, then you can be in a healthy relationship and you can find a healthy partner because you know how to choose them and you know when someone's breadcrumbing you or when someone's gaslighting you or when someone's not right, when you you can, you know that it's going to be another repeat of the past and you can kind of like, yep, nope, moving on. You know, you've learned how to do that. So that's the main thing I heal outside of a relationship, but within a relationship, I heal the things that, you know, I talked about how my anxious attachment and learning not to try to control my partner. What I mean by that is that sometimes, girlfriends, we can come off a little controlling because I feel like control is tied to trauma. Whenever you've been traumatized by something, you tend to want to control every situation and the outcome because that's safe for you. And so I wouldn't say that I control like, hey, you need to do this, do that. It wasn't that kind of control. It was more so like, I guess me being in my feelings whenever he went out with someone else or went out with his friends or did other things. And I made it difficult for him. And I'm so glad that he was just always so patient with me. I guess because he realized that I wasn't all bad. Like I'm saying all the things I had to work on. So it sounds like there was no good. I had a lot of good too. He knew I was a good woman. But I had some shit I had to work on. And that stuff I wasn't going to be able to work on unless I was in a relationship. But he did make a joke one time. He was kind of serious. This was like, this was a while ago, years ago, in the beginning. After I finally, you know, we, we was coming out of the rough patch. He was like, yeah, I didn't know what was going on with you. But if you wouldn't have gotten it together, I would have left. And he would have had every right to, you know. He would have had every single right to because who wants to go through that? Especially if, like, say if I wouldn't have worked on myself, been self-aware and healed, who wants to continue to go through that? And that's me just owning up to my shit. And it's like, it's okay, girlfriends, to own up to that. It's, for me, what helps us to hold ourselves accountable and own up to our shit is realizing that it's for a reason. And it helps you to have more compassion for yourself. It's not like you're that way, just out the damn blue, out the sky, like, oh, I'm just this way and I'm fucked up. No. It's never that. I don't want anybody listening to this to ever think that's what it is. What helped me was realizing where it all came from. Having more compassion for myself so that I could work on myself and could love myself. Realizing that, okay, you know, Kendall, you have been through some shit. Your upbringing wasn't the best. You wasn't able to, you wasn't able to ever share your needs. You didn't have boundaries growing up. You know, there's a lot of things I can keep going on and on that I was missing. And so that reflected into the type of adult I was moving on to the type of partner I was in a relation, a healthy relationship. And so 
yeah, the healthy relationship just brings everything to light. So know that you can do some healing in the relationship. And it's okay if it starts off a little bumpy. It's okay if you have some things you have to work on. Like, we're not perfect. Because this podcast is not about what he needed to work on. But he has some things to work on as well. So, you know, I'm not going to make this about his stuff because it's about my stuff. And plus, I don't want to share his business because he had things to work on too. And he did. So what I'm saying is that two people can come together and heal together and grow together. And it is the most beautiful thing is when you have a safe space to where you can realize that you're the problem and say it without being met with, you know, being gaslit. I wouldn't have never dared said that I was the problem in my toxic relationships. Oh, my ex just would have loved and ate that shit up. Yeah, you sure is the problem. Yes, this and that. No. So that's why I said in the beginning, the disclaimer that, you know, if you if you feel like you're in a toxic relationship, this ain't for you. Like, no. But what else did I learn? Communicating better. Communicating better. I do want to touch on that healing within the relationship about the communication part. Like, if you have never experienced or witnessed healthy communication, it can be a little hard to learn that within a healthy relationship. And I want you to take this one little tool that really, 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 really helped for me. It's saying, I feel statements. Make sure that when you go to your partner, you're not going to them like you're accusing them or blaming them. Because if you're in a healthy relationship, your partner definitely loves you and would never intentionally hurt you. So why go to them with an accusatory tone you know, telling him it's your fault that this happened and yelling and going off. Who wouldn't be defensive in that situation? Who would not be defensive and put the defensive up and be like, and start an argument? Instead, when you feel like you've been wronged or you feel like you're in your feelings or your feelings are hurt, whatever, go to your partner and say, I feel, I, or I felt blank when you did blank. Meaning like you can say, I felt closed off when you didn't come to me about that situation or I'm trying to think of some examples but y'all get what I'm saying it's like use I feel or I felt because it's like that's opening you up to be vulnerable and when you are opening yourself up (coughs) excuse me and when you are opening up yourself to be vulnerable that allows a healthy space for you two to communicate so you do have to be willing to be vulnerable if you've never really been there before in the past, and it could be a little difficult to learn to do that, but you have to remember that you're in a safe space now. You're with someone that loves you dearly now. You're with someone that wants to be with you, that wants to know every inch of you, that wants to be vulnerable with you. You know, you're with someone that you can really be that way with. You're safe. And so once you realize that, you can communicate to them better about what you're feeling. And also communicate to them about what you need. Communicate to them about what's going on with you. Like, even if it's something that you know is not directed at them, realize that, you know, hey, this and this is going on. So just learning how to communicate without trying to put fault on your partner. That really made a big difference with our relationship as well. Um, Also, another big thing is that I realized I don't have to be a fixer. I almost forgot that part. So that, I was able to heal that within the relationship. And you will be able to because you'll realize once again, if you're in a healthy relationship with a good partner, you don't have to consume their sadness, their grief or whatever. You can be there and um, add to them and help them along with it. But you don't have to take it on personally. Like it's a personal tack towards you. Like, I just knew that even when he was going through that shit at work, going through, you know, a hard time and having, you know, been stressed from work, I would say. It was more so stress. It wasn't that he was a hard time at work. He was stressed. And knowing that he was stressed, I realized that, you know, I can help him ease that stress. I was in, I stayed in my happy mode. The old me in toxic relationships would have took it personally because it probably would have been personal. How they would have came home acting towards me if I was in a toxic relationship and I would not have been in the mood to try to make it better 
or I would have tried to go overextend myself and, and fix it. But in a healthy relationship, I realized, you know, it's not personal. I don't have to fix it. I can let them know how it's making me feel, but I'm not going to let it consume me like it's a me problem or like it's something that's my fault, I guess I would say. And so that's something that I learned in a healthy relationship as well. And I really love learning that because it's like, that that's another part, I think, of anxious attachment. And all of that just kind of did away in this relationship because, like I said, I had a healthy space, healthy partner. So healing within a relationship is so, so beneficial for you. Like, I don't want anyone here to think that they have to be perfectly healed, but you do have to work on the things I mentioned, like, you know, knowing your standards, knowing your worth, knowing your how to pick partners, things like that. That's really the main thing. Those other things I mentioned, like me pouting and being passive aggressive, I didn't really know that I had that issue until I got in a relationship. So I guess I'm saying that what I want to wrap it up with is that y'all, you're going to heal within a relationship and that's okay, girlfriend. And it's okay to realize that you have some issues and that you're the problem sometimes. And that there's some stuff you have to work on. Like it's safe to, to tell yourself that you have some things to work on in a healthy relationship. Like I can, I was able to go to him and tell him like, you know, I, I know how these things to work on. It was never meant with, yeah, you sure do. Yeah, you sure are the problem. It was never met with any of that. It was always met with compassion. And I'm telling you, like, you're since you're in a safe space now, you're able to do that. And you're able to learn how to talk to each other and have comfort and resolution. It gets better. It will get better. If you realize that you're with a healthy partner, someone that genuinely loves you, wants the best for you, it will get better. Because, y'all, we've, we've been through some shit, girlfriends, okay? Like, we've been through some shit. I was trying to think of something else to say, but that's really, in a nutshell, we've been through some shit. And, you know, we can heal on our own, but healing within a relationship is even better. And it and it will happen. And it's okay to admit when sometimes, you know, you need to work on yourself. But I think that's all I got, y'all. I went over all of my notes. And I don't see anything else. I did good. I, went, I did everything that I wanted to say. So I help, I hope me talking about, you know, me healing within a relationship can open you up to realize some parts that you need to work on or realize, you know, how you could be the problem. And it's okay that, you know, you have a little work to do on yourself. It is totally okay. I hope this was compassionate and empathetic. And I don't feel like it was triggering. After I said it all, I don't feel like it was triggering. It can be hard to realize that you have some work to do on yourself, but I promise you, like, when it's done lovingly and when it's done with compassion, when it's done with understanding of who you are, it doesn't have to be so tough. It doesn't have to be so triggering, especially if you're in a good space and a healthy relationship, or even if you're realizing after a relationship how you were the problem. It's okay to admit that, you know, you may have not done things right. It could be some space, some things that you need to heal. It could be some things you need to work on. Like, it's okay. And I'm telling you it's okay because the main thing that helped me to realize that it's okay to hold myself accountable. It's okay to be gentle with myself and realize where I need to work on. It's okay because, you know, a lot of it came from me not being taught any different or any better. And so now I'm having to do the work of doing better. So that's, you know, something that really helped me to be compassionate with myself and to do the work and to do the healing. It's realizing that, okay, it's just some stuff you got to work on. It doesn't mean that you're flawed. It doesn't mean, well, you know, we, we flawed. It doesn't mean that you're a fuck up, I guess I'm trying to say. It doesn't mean that you're totally to where you can't be worked on or healed or that you're just a lost cause and that you're just anxious. You know, it don't have to mean any of those bad negative things. It could just mean that, you know, it's some things that I didn't know that I need to learn and work on and look at it like that. So, yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, I want you to comment, you know, any your healing journey, whether it was within a relationship or, out, you know, outside of a relationship, anything like that. I want to hear y'all stories, too. Um, of course, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, you can't do that. But you can always mosey over to the YouTube channel 
and leave a comment or share your experience or anything that you felt you had to work on and you know because there's always going to be some things especially if we have some wounds and some traumas and some things that you know maybe it's from our upbringing that we didn't realize was an issue that we're carrying over into a relationship that you know it's gonna be we're gonna be met head on with it and it can be hard and sometimes it can end relationships but sometimes it can also better a relationship and make it grow either way it goes whether the relationship works or it doesn't if you meet it head on you can grow and you can evolve and you'll be better for the next relationship after that so it's always room for improvement always room for growth always room for accountability always always and look at all of this it's like your way to grow more into the woman you want to be but that's all i got y'all it's always you can listen to bonus episodes or bonus podcast um content on my patreon i also do one-on-one mindset and intuitive coaching that's also on my girlfriend membership which is on my patreon that is found at the link um, that you'll see in the description and I also have books out if you want to read about my journey with my toxic ex that I was referring to that's in my um on the website as well and you can buy the book off Amazon or ebook you know whatever I got three books out a lot of people don't really know that I have the books out so that's why I like to say it but that's all I got girlfriends and I guess some guy friends whoever listening that's all I got for this episode. I hope it was eye-opening for you to do your work and be okay with doing your work. I hope I didn't beat you up over the head or beat you up too much or trigger you too much. And if I did trigger, you know, triggers are a good thing. Actually, now that I think about it, they're a good thing. It's a good to be triggered because that means that's a chance for growth. But until the next podcast episode, peace out.